This previously aired episode of Noggin Notes is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible offers an unmatched audio library, and right now you can go to audibletrial.com slash nogginnotes to begin a 30-day trial complete with a free download. Support Noggin Notes by enrolling in a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash nogginnotes and get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com slash nogginnotes. Thank you, as always, for your continued following. And now, here's our episode. Welcome back to the Noggin Notes podcast. My name is Jake Wiskirchen, and uh, before we launch into today's podcast, I wanted to introduce my guest, or co-host. I guess we'll call co-host, huh? Co-host works. All right, what's your name? My name is Jesse Lott. I'm a marriage and family therapist and certified alcohol and drug counselor here in the state of Nevada, and uh, I also work with with Jake here at uh, Zephyr Wellness. Proud employee you are. Proud employee. And uh, (laughs) Zephyr is the sponsor of the show. Because I own the business and uh, and I run the podcast, and so you know, I figure if I'm kick, kicking my time down for this, then we might as well get a sponsorship out of it, whatever that's good for. So, um, and I just heard somebody fire up their lawnmower. So if you pardon the background noise, uh, that's that's what we're doing here. We're doing amateurish podcasts uh, because it's uh, it's free and you get what you pay for. So sometimes you get lawnmower noise in the background, and that's okay too. But uh, we, we're doing noggin notes because we aim to educate and enrich your noggin on matters of mental illness and mental wellness and how you can keep yourself psychologically strong and healthy and motivated. So this podcast is one way to do that. If you're listening to the podcast and you're not aware of our app, please go download the app. It's also called Noggin Notes and it's available on every platform. And in the app, you can track your moods, your thoughts, your feelings, uh, and you know the, the name, Noggin Notes, basically gives it away. You make notes about what's going on in your head, and you can create a timeline and so forth. And on that, on that app, you'll find the podcast as well. So without further ado, I want to commence this conversation. We're going to talk a little bit about connection with other people, connection with passions, uh, hobbies, habits that are good, and, uh, and really intimacy, right? Oh, we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Not just physical intimacy, but I mean, if you, to define intimacy a little bit better is just closeness. You know, that's, that's kind of, that's what intimacy is. Intimacy is also physical intimacy, but it's also emotional intimacy, experiential intimacy, just getting close and how closeness gives us joy and definition. Yeah, and I, I think you make a good point there. I was going to ask you, you know, what's the point? Why why do we need to be intimate? But you you mentioned joy and definition. Go explain that a little bit more. I, I don't. I, I mean, I talk a lot about emotions, and we have a, we've gone through the series of ten on this podcast. But sure. explain your understanding, and especially that definition part. Well, it's if you think about connection, it's it's the thing that we're all you know looking for, right? You know, we we want to connect with something, we want to connect with somebody. So it's it's part of the is you were talking about with the interest you were talking about interest on your on the podcast being the thing that drives us and it's a very very powerful emotion mm-hmm. and you know when you meet somebody that you like it's 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 interesting and it's fun and you want to pursue it so if you have a hobby like you know mowing your lawn uh you know you want to pursue it and 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 do that because it gives you some joy so there's the the idea of of connecting it's very powerful and and it drives us and you know, conversely, if you know we don't have it, then we feel we feel longing. We feel like we're missing something. If we have it and it's problematic, you know, there's 
maybe we're in a relationship with somebody that isn't healthy or we have a connection with something that's doing us harm you know and it's, it's can be hard to walk away from that so i think I don't know, man. What do you think? I think it's it's a pretty significant thing in people's lives. No doubt. Um, and, and certainly the intimacy and the connectivity go hand in hand. But I've worked with people who say, oh, I'm connected. I I know lots of people. And I have lots of friends. And then when we get into conversation start exploring what those relationships actually are, it turns out they're actually surface level. There's not a lot of depth to them. And I know that, you know, I've known you well enough now for uh, several years to know that um, you see the same stuff and we both tend to react the same way when we hear this, which is, um, you know, really, are you really involved? So we, we go a little bit deeper with this. Are you really connected to that person? And, uh, we, we help our clients to explore the depths of that stuff because depth really is what yields intimacy. It's not simply having a bunch of stuff to do and staying busy. It's about meaningful stuff, not just doing stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. When you ask somebody, you know, what do you, what do you do? You know, it's, what do you do for a living? It's a job. Or, you know, if you just ask someone a simple, who are you? You know, the, probably a pretty good chance that they're going to answer the question within the context of a relationship of some kind, some sort of a connection. Sure. Occupation, maybe, or spouse or their family. Right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a counselor. I'm, you know, I'm a carpenter, you know, whatever it may be. It's it's in connection to something, so it's a major drive. And when I'm when I'm working with somebody, probably a pretty good chance that whatever's bugging them, whatever's whatever's wrong, whatever's not 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 lining up for them in their life somewhere, has probably got something to do with a connection of some kind. Like I was saying a minute ago, either the connection is is too little or too much, and trying to figure out well what is it and what do they want. What do they want from that connection? If it's another, if it's a connection with another person, what do they want from that other person? Is it, uh, does it help them define who they are? You know, if, if somebody going for, you know, through a divorce, for example, can be, you know, one of the most difficult things anybody can go through because it, it hits so much on that connection and identity. You know, the connection identity thing go go together. It's, it's, I think it's human nature. We we find something to connect with. And it gives us a sense of, of purpose, and I think it's great. And uh, no, go ahead. So, something jumped out there earlier uh, where you said it's either too little or too much, and um, I I was trying to wrap my head around that in terms because I, I always view everything through either a, a conscious, unconscious behavioral lens or an emotional lens. And for me, if there's too little connection, that invites the idea that there's an expectation put out there that's not being met which would indicate a, a sadness, a disappointment. Sure. And if there's too much, it could indicate a lot of things. Um, maybe you've lost your power and control or your sense of self uh, because whatever you're connected to has now taken ownership over you and you no longer have it. Go ahead and cough away from the microphone. Good yeah, job. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> good podcasting. Uh, so so if, you, if you lose the, the ability to navigate your own life because somebody else or something else, say an occupation or, a, or a, a volunteer effort, you know, is asking too much of you, that can also interfere with your happiness. So what we want is a balance, but in order to get that balance, we've got to know what it is that we're seeking in the first place. It requires a, a level of self-awareness. For sure. And how do we find that self-awareness? Well, it's part of it is... Part of it is the process of counseling, which is, you know, there's a really interesting concept if you if you guys want to look it up called the Johari window, 
just kind of a simple idea about things that we know about ourselves, things that we don't know about ourselves, things that other people know about us and things that other people don't know about us. You know, you kind of put this this whole thing together in this this mi- mis- mixing of things and one of them is our blind spot. It may be something that Jake knows about me that I don't know about myself. So that's my blind spot and if Jake comes to me and he says, "Hey, did you know that did you know that you do this thing?" and no, I didn't know. So that part of that is the self-awareness thing, the the becoming aware of something. Um that's painful sometimes. It certainly can be, man, you know. Part of it is delivery, and that's one of the things that I that I work on with my couples. Uh, you know, and families is you may have something really, really insightful to say, you know, something, Hey, I noticed that you do this thing and that's cool. Um, we want to share that, but we also got to be mindful of our delivery because you may have this really cool nugget of information that your partner could, could really benefit from. But, uh, you know, if you beat them up with, you know, you beat them about the head and shoulders with it, don't be surprised when they, when they dismiss the, the, the wisdom that you're trying to send their way, uh, because you put them on their heels. So, you know, learning how to communicate that, learning how to, you know, again, this is all about the connection and, you know, trying to give each other a little bit of grace to be imperfect and the, the process of, of sharing information about talking about the communication um, can be really delicate and there's a lot of emotions that, that are going on. I mean, if we're talking about something of real substance here where something that's getting in the way of a relationship um when you when you realize something about the other person and sharing that with them i mean he, the part about counseling that can be really helpful is it's not always my job to to elicit the insight you as the counselor right yeah, yeah. I and mean, you know sometimes what we got to do is hey you've got this insight you've got this thing that, that you you would really like to see in your relationship that would you know change help the connection be a little bit stronger you're just not quite sure how to do it we can help you with that you know, try this, you know, it, how do you want to say it? How, how can you, how can you say this in a way that the other person is going to be more open to hearing you? So I want to explore uh, two concepts. First, I want to go back to that Johari window. It's a, uh, if you want to look it up, it's J O H A R I. Uh, it sounds middle Eastern, but it's really not what it is. is two guys named Joseph and Harrington, uh, Joe and Harry, if you will, just slammed their names together and came up with the Johari window or the Joe Harry window. Um, so it's, it's, it's actually American, um, even though it sounds uh, near Eastern. So if you want to look that up, check it out. Uh, and the blind spot that Jesse's talking about has to do with uh, eliciting a defensiveness when you point at it. So when we point at somebody's blind spot and we do it the wrong way, we make what, what might be called the error of approach or we use the error of language. And there's five errors of communication, too. Uh, we'll explain that in a different podcast. But uh, when, we, when we hit them in such a way that it elicits a fight-or-flight response or a, or a defensiveness, what we've essentially done is shut down the frontal lobe of the brain for receiving the very information we hope to, to send to them. Because when we're in defensiveness, the limbic system is running. And if you want more information on that, go listen to the, to the three uh, emotional uh, understanding podcasts. I think it's uh, episodes two, three, and four of Naga Notes. And uh, you'll learn about how the when the limbic system is working, the prefrontal cortex, the frontal part of your brain, it, uh, it more or less shuts down. So when we're trying to give information to people, educationally or otherwise, we want them in a spot where they're able to receive that with with reason and balance. So if we if we light them up by approaching them the wrong way and saying, "Hey, man, you know this is the third time I've asked you to do the dishes. What's wrong with you?" Well, then mm-hmm. you're going to get a defensiveness, and the the person you're, whose behavior you're hoping to change or whose blind spot you're hoping to light up, you know, or illuminate 
not light up, um, light up. It sounds like you know, making them defensive. Uh, that they're going to shut down. Uh, the second concept is is meeting meeting people with uh, with a compassion and a grace to help them help guide their way through it. So I heard you you know say something to the effect of in in my counseling session I don't I don't bring the awareness I just you know I just merely point out to people and then make suggestions. Not always, you know. Sometimes yeah. sometimes it's it's. It is me bringing it up. It's it is me kind of helping them along with the insight. Sometimes they already have it, and it's right. You know, it's bringing it out. You know, it kind of sounds, I guess, kind of like the same thing. But they have the thing, the the, the problem, and where they want to go with it. It's struggling to 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 get some traction. You know, as as you were talking about that, uh, another resource that I think uh, benefits this particular concern. Uh, one of the one of the greats in our field, as far as couples and marriages and, and things like that is, is Dr. John Gottman and, uh, and his wife, uh, Julie, was Julie? Julie. Yeah. Yep. Um, one of the, one of the core concepts that, that they came up with was the, uh, the four horsemen. Um, he calls it the four horsemen of the apocalypse, you know, referencing kind of a doomsday kind of thing. You know, if, if you have these things in your relationship, um, it can be very detrimental, but what you were talking about there was, you know, when you're talking about approach and you're talking about defensiveness, and you, how you want to communicate something to somebody, um, in the in the sense of your connection with them, uh, one of the first ones is criticism. So you know when you're talking about, you know, hey, how many you know, how many times I got to tell you this or something along those lines. If if what the problem you're trying to communicate, and you make it, you make it about the person versus the thing. So you know, Jake, it really bugs me when you do this thing. Versus, you know, Jake, you're such a whatever because of this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if the second, the latter approach, you're going to be more likely to get defensive. Sure. Because I've made it about you. you know, rather than the thing that you do, now I've made it about you. And if I if I can avoid doing that, avoid making it about you and strictly staying with the thing that you do, you're less likely to bring out the defensiveness. You which... mean that Tom Hanks movie with the, the singers, that thing that you do? Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. No, I mean, <laughs> jokes aside, uh, it's really hard to receive input from somebody we don't care about, too, right? If, if I yeah. don't care about you, then I'm I'm not going to care one way or the other. I'm probably not going to even react. Right. But if we have a connection with someone, we probably value that in that person's input. Well, yeah, and then the the other part about that is is trust. You know, that that's yeah. probably one of the biggest things that that I that folks who come into my office they 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 at some point bring up. If it's a relational thing, it's it's trust. If if they've been hurt by somebody, um, if they've hurt somebody, uh, they've put themselves out there, they've tried something, and it's a will and uh, a lack of willingness, or I don't know if that's maybe the best way to put it. it. They're scared, you know. It's it's scary. And when anybody mentions the word trust, I I like to throw this out there that um, if you can replace the word trust with risk. It, it puts on a different, you can put it into a different context. So if, if somebody says, you know, or, or if a couple comes in and, and one of the one partner is saying, like, she just doesn't trust me or he doesn't trust me. And then I'll say, well, what if we, what if we talk about trust in the context of, of risk? Okay. So you want the other person to trust you. Maybe for some reason they don't. Well, what you're asking them to do is you're asking them to take a risk. You know, you're asking them to put themselves out on a limb for some reason if there's been an infidelity or any lying or you know um, violence any violence absolutely anything that has has hit the core of the connection the foundation of the connection so if that's happened when you what you're what you're building toward rebuilding that trust 
is essentially you're asking that person to take a chance, take a risk. I never thought of it that way, and I appreciate you phrasing it as such because I'm going to steal that and use it with my clients. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Um, and, and, and it doesn't have to be something so egregious because we tend to, you know, we tend to put our, our sins in a hierarchy, right? So, you know, infidelity is way up there and violence is way up there. But it could just be a, a pattern series of failing to do what you're asked. Yeah, you know, he I, promise is broken. Sure, you know, if you've been asked, if you've asked somebody to do something, and oh yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll get to that, and it never really happens, and you know, it's it's. I it's, just don't trust him. I just, I just don't you trust know what? I, I yeah, you said that before. You know, you said that before, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not going to put a whole lot of whole lot of faith in it. And that can. It's one of those little things, man, that can really erode. The, the the connection and relationship yeah no doubt and with a couple of minutes left here because uh part of what we promised our audience is brief podcasts uh so that we don't you know wear them out but um with a couple of minutes left i want to bring it around because when we start to erode trust when we start to erode that that connectivity when when the intimacy dries up and we we go back to the surface level and and uh you know we, when you and i see these folks in our our offices whether it's a husband wife or dating couple or it's a parent child relationship they go how did we get here how did it all on because it was so good but now it's not and we don't know how we got here and now we've got our walls up and our defenses are high and everything you say elicits a, a fight or flight in me how do we get back to the intimacy how do we how do we return to that? Because this 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 session this episode's about intimacy and connectivity, but if it's gone, how do we how do we rebuild that? Okay, um, there's a couple of different areas where I would I would touch on. Um, I love the big pause that you took. I know, the big for, pregnant for drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is oh boy. This yeah, is take more. Than Prepare a for some deep wisdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I'll disappoint you. Um, no, there's and I a, won't trust you. <laughs> and then you won't trust me anymore. I'll never listen to the podcast. Uh, again. Yeah, then you won't take any chances on me. Um, so a few areas that I would go into. Uh, if if it was if it was a couple that came to my office and they, you know, said basically what you just said there. Um, the first thing that I would that I would want to acknowledge is, and this may sound a little bit cheesy, I don't know, but I want to remind them that they're on the same team. You know, they're on, we're on the same team. That, that we both we all have the same goal, and when you can keep that in mind. You can to to call out, and I'll get to the to kind of set this up. It's a it's called content versus process, or content and process. That's a different podcast. Yeah, okay. But I won't, you can breeze over. Yeah, yeah. Like. We'll we'll give you a little bit of a of a teaser of content and process. Um, but I would I would want to point out the the same team essence because when when there is a, a, a the connection gets gets frayed, gets you know a little bit a little worn. Uh, then it becomes easier to focus on the problems or the content, the, the, the thing that's bothering you. And it's easier to get away from the process, the, the, the thing that's sort of churning underneath, underneath the surface, the thing that's driving the conversation. You know, you, I take issue with you, uh, how much you drink or you come home late at night or how much money you're spending or, you know, any, any number of things. And we stay in that area. We, we talk about the thing. And the thing is important. But if you stay there, it, it's, it's a battle. Then we're, doing, we're tug-of-warring. We're, we're uh, slinging arrows. So what I would want to do is I would want to remind them that they're on the same team so that they can catch themselves getting ready to sling an arrow. And then call that out. Like, what are you going to do right now? What's, is, is your wife is bringing this up, what, what's your response? And I want for the partner to be able to say, 
I want to hurt them right now, for example. What they're saying to me is putting me on guard, and I'm wanting to defend myself and hurt them. I want to say something mean. So that internal process, that that thing where you're talking about talking, what's going on for you right now in the conversation, as you are hearing your partner talk about this, what's coming up for you? I'm going to the process. So the content is the thing that we're talking about, the drinking. Dishes, dishes, dishes chores, drinking, money, whatever it is. When we're talking about this topic, what comes up for you? That's your process. And if each person can talk about their process, and the, the next step is to validate it. You know, that's it's kind of a... We, I we, hear you. I hear you. I hear what I you're saying. You know? you. And we don't have to, and I remind everybody, you don't have to agree. Agreement is not a condition of validation. No. You do not have to agree. What, you, what, what it does is you you echo an understanding of where the other person comes from. So then that way in those moments when you're talking about a thing where you start to feel defensive and you may have a point and I'm getting a little long winded here on this, but you may have a point and you may have uh, you may have a retort to that. The retort doesn't matter. The, 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 not the, if you want to keep your relationship intact, not if you want to, not if you want to solidify the connection. So when you can go to the process and you can say, right now, I'm feeling like I'm going to say the wrong thing. I feel like I don't want to open my mouth. I feel like everything I'm going to say is the wrong thing. Or I feel like you're going to respond emotionally. I'm just going to upset you if I say this thing. Anything, you know, there's a number of, number of ways that, that that can go. But if you can, if the, if the connection starts, something starts to happen with the connection. For example, there's a lack of trust. Being able to be, if you're the one who is struggling to trust talking from a from that process i hear him saying that he's going to do this differently i'm afraid to i'm afraid to believe him and for the partner to say something for example it hurts me that she would not want to trust me but i can understand where she's coming from and that's just kind of a start you know that that's the connection that reminding them about the connection that this is where they're coming from and emotionally the, emotionally you have fear and, and sadness totally yep. and that that whatever the emotions are don't aren't off limits like you can't feel that way when i hear her say that i get mad you know if 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 that's not allowed this is the, when i say the word grace that's kind of what i mean that you allow that person the grace to be whatever it is that they feel in that moment they feel mad and not hold them in contempt for it allow them to have that emotion and then move from there yeah, and, and uh, I really appreciate that you touched on the contempt piece because that's that's the position where we're where we believe that we're allowed to hurt people. It's really hard to hurt anybody if you if you don't if you don't think unless you don't. Sorry, it's really hard to hurt somebody unless you think they're not like you. Mm-hmm. If you're looking down on them like they're they're lesser than, then that's when the hurt comes. Or if you're defensive, right? So, well, you you provoked me. So if we can get out of that and just connect emotionally and say what's authentically going on, I. I feel scared that you're going to shut me down or uh, I'm disappointed that you think that of me. Now we're talking about connectivity. Now we're talking about emotional intimacy. Now we're in that deep, that depth of the process. Yeah. Yep. It's the, the couples that, that do really well are the ones who can sit in the room, talk about the things that are bothering them and in a certain way, kind of suspend their hurt, uh, kind of check kind of a, um, um, the analytical self, Dr. Conti talks about that, the analytical self, step out of your body a little bit and just kind of look at the situation that's going on in front of you as though you're just a, a casual observer. 
But if you can do that just a little bit, if you can get out of yourself just a little bit, and you can speak from that 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 place of your process, like right now, what is that person who's sitting in my chair feeling? That person, me, I'm feeling, I'm feeling on my, I'm put on my mm-hmm. heels. I'm I'm defensive, and I really want to hurt her, and I. I ultimately don't, and here I am. I'm I'm wanting to do something different. It's that willingness to do something different that's a huge part of it that I really encourage my 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 couples, my families to do. We're going to address the analytic self in that process versus content podcast um, probably in a, in a couple of weeks. I'm not sure when we'll get to that, but um, I really appreciate this conversation. I do I do want to wrap it up in respect and honor the people's time who are listening. Um, be a little long today, but uh, you know this this is great. I said a couple of minutes ago, seven minutes ago, um, but we could talk about this forever because it's so deep and so varied, and I think that it, it applies to anybody. If you if you I don't know how many of you out there in the listening audience have say had an interaction with a human being, and you know <laughs> we're in relation with someone else, which should be everyone. Uh, this could apply. All this stuff applies. So we can get really long-winded on any of this stuff, which is why we're trying to break it up into a series of podcasts. If this has triggered something for you and you want to uh, get some, some help about it, there are many resources available. Uh, in the United States, you can go to therapistlocator.net. You can go to psychologytoday.com. You can check out uh, the various professional association websites. And then uh, in, the, in Europe, uh, specifically in the UK, you can go to mind.org.uk or sane.org.uk and uh, obviously you can also check out the Zephyr Wellness website and check out our YouTube channel you'll see a guy who uh, you know, sounds a lot like me and uh, looks a lot like me doing doing YouTube videos that kind of look like these podcasts thank you for joining us uh, this is not a substitute for psychotherapy uh, professionally but but we do invite you to continue listening and applying these concepts to your lives because we, uh, we see people heal every day from the same exact stuff we're offering you for completely free. On behalf of the Zephyr Wellness team and Jesse, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, uh, we'll definitely be having you back because this is good, good stuff for the audience. And on behalf of the Noggin Notes team, I thank you for listening and I wish you all great mental health. Mm-hmm.